Hey everyone, here's some supplemental stuff. I'm gonna call them full episodes because that's what they are. They're full episodes and it's not more Devil's Dictionary new. It's more Oz. I figured I'd uh, throw in that book that we skipped over that just had a little bit of Dorothy but not a lot of Dorothy. It's the second Oz book and it just kind of has some Dorothy but it does fill in the gaps between... Uh, book one and book three if you're like wait a minute what happened hey what's this thing about this who's that what huh we're gonna have it and you know what we're gonna give it to you and you know who's gonna help us give it to you found item clothing of course you can get all of your favorite cool guy cool gal cool everyone t-shirts i love my uh my Revenge of the Nerds uh, booger-type t-shirts that I have, like uh, Greasy Tonys and uh, other ones that I'm not going to say because this is a family episode. So, you know, hey, if you want sassy t-shirts from your favorite 80s and 90s films, founditemclothing.com. And of course, of course, of course, Highland Cow Wooly Bull Slippers. They're just called Highland Cow Slippers, but I like saying Wooly Bull. All right, check out... Um, bunnyslippers.com. Hey, do you like uh, those those uh, slippers that Val Kilmer's character, Christopher Knight, I think it is, wore in Real Genius? Oh, they've got everything you need, even the little dealy bobber things, the alien uh, things that he wore. They've got the whole outfit. I mean, you have to supply the pants and the socks and the underwear. I don't know if he wore underwear. That's, that's up to you. That's between you and your creator, or your concept of philosophy of whatever i don't care hey you want to listen to some oz i've got some oz and also 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 not for this we've got uh some ken height coming up on people's guide to the cthulhu mythos our monthly show about the cthulhu mythos you know it you like it maybe hopefully i don't know <laughs> and ken height's going to be talking about ghouls in literature because we're going to be talking about ghouls and also, we've got some stuff coming up from David Heath about alternate forms of Dracula. And what else do we have coming up? We've got some talk about the Devil's Dictionary with David Heath as well. So, look forward to that. Hey, do you have something that you want to send me? Do you have questions that you want to ask? We'll do mailbag episodes here and once in a while, but right now we need more people to send some stuff. We got some real good questions from a guy named Mateo. Mateo, thank you for your questions. And anyone else out there who has questions for us, go to pgttcm.com, contact, or ask questions on our Facebook group for People's Guide to the Cthulhu Mythos and Black Clock Audio Tales. And we're also on Instagram. Here we go! Chapter 11. A Good Friend. Soon the entire party was gathered on the road of yellow bricks, quite beyond the reach of the beautiful but treacherous plants. The shaggy man, staring first at one and then at the other, seemed greatly pleased and interested. "'I've seen queer things since I came to the land of Oz,' said he, "'but never anything queerer than this band of adventurers. Let us sit down a while and have a talk and get acquainted.' "'Haven't you always lived in the Land of Oz?' asked the Munchkin boy. "'No. I used to live in the big outside world, but I came here once with Dorothy, and Ozma let me stay.' "'How do you like Oz?' asked Scraps. "'Isn't the country and the climate grand?' "'It's the finest country in all the world, even if it is a fairyland. 
and I'm happy every minute I live in it, said the Shaggy Man. But tell me something about yourselves. So Ojo related the story of his visit to the house of the Crooked Magician, and how he met there the Glass Cat, and how the Patchwork Girl was brought to life, and of the terrible accident to Unc Nunky and Margolotte. Then he told how he had set out to find the five different things which the magician needed to make a charm that would restore the marble figures to life, one requirement being three hairs from a woozy's tail. "'We found the woozy,' explained the boy, and he agreed to give us the three hairs, but we couldn't pull them out, so we had to bring the woozy along with us.' "'I see,' returned the shaggy man, who had listened with interest to the story. But perhaps I, who am big and strong, can pull those three hairs from the woozy's tail. Try it if you like, said the woozy. So the shaggy man tried it, but pull as hard as he could, he failed to get the hairs out of the woozy's tail. So he sat down again and wiped his shaggy face with a shaggy silk handkerchief and said, it doesn't matter. If you can keep the woozy until you get the rest of the things you need, you can take the beast and his three hairs to the crooked magician and let him find a way to extract them. What are the other things you are to find? One, said Ojo, is a six-leaved clover. You are to find that in the fields around the Emerald City, said the shaggy man. There is a law against picking six-leaved clovers, but I think I can get Ozma to let you have one. Thank you, replied Ojo. The next thing is the left wing of a yellow butterfly. For that you must go to the Winky Country, the shaggy man declared. I've never noticed any butterflies there, but that is the yellow country of Oz, and it's ruled by a good friend of mine, the Tin Woodman. Oh, I've heard of him, exclaimed Ojo. He must be a wonderful man. So he is, and his heart is wonderfully kind. I'm sure the Tin Woodman will do all in his power to help you to save your Unc Nunky and poor Margolot. The next thing I must find, said the Munchkin boy, is a gill of water from a dark well. Indeed. Well, that is more difficult said the shaggy man, scratching his left ear in a puzzled way. I've never heard of a dark well. Have you? No, said Ojo. Do you know where one may be found? inquired the shaggy man. I can't imagine, said Ojo. Then we must ask the scarecrow. The scarecrow? But surely, sir, a scarecrow can't know anything. Most scarecrows don't, I admit, answered the shaggy man. But this scarecrow of whom I speak is very intelligent. He claims to possess the best brains in all Oz. Better than mine? asked Scraps. Better than mine? echoed the glass cat. Mine are pink, and you can see them work. Well, you can't see the scarecrow's brains work, but they do a lot of clever thinking, asserted the shaggy man. If anyone knows where a dark well is, it's my friend the Scarecrow. Where does he live? inquired Ojo. He has a splendid castle in the Winky Country, near to the palace of his friend, the Tin Woodman. 
and he is often to be found in the Emerald City, where he visits Dorothy at the Royal Palace. Then we will ask him about the Dark Well, said Ojo. But what else does the crooked magician want? asked the shaggy man. A drop of oil from a live man's body. Oh, but there isn't such a thing. That's what I thought, replied Ojo. But the crooked magician said it wouldn't be called for by the recipe if it couldn't be found, and therefore I must search until I find it. I wish you luck, said the shaggy man, shaking his head doubtfully. But I imagine you'll have a hard job getting a drop of oil from a live man's body. There's blood in a body, but no oil. There's cotton in mine, said Scraps, dancing a little jig. I don't doubt it. "'returned the shaggy man admiringly. "'You're a regular comforter and as sweet as patchwork can be. "'All you lack is dignity.' "'I hate dignity,' cried Scraps, "'kicking a pebble high in the air "'and then trying to catch it as it fell. "'Half the fools and all the wise folks are dignified, "'and I'm neither the one nor the other.' "'She's just crazy,' explained the glass cat. The shaggy man laughed. "'She's delightful in her way,' he said. "'I'm sure Dorothy will be pleased with her, and the Scarecrow will dote on her. Did you say you were traveling toward the Emerald City?' "'Yes,' replied Ojo. "'I thought that was the best place to go at first, because the sixth-leaved clover may be found there.' "'I'll go with you,' said the shaggy man, "'and show you the way.' "'Thank you,' exclaimed Ojo. "'I hope it won't put you out any.' "'No,' said the other. "'I wasn't going anywhere in particular. "'I've been a rover all my life, "'and although Ozma has given me a suite of beautiful rooms in her palace, "'I still get the wandering fever once in a while, "'and start out to roam the country over. "'I've been away from the Emerald City several weeks this time,' And now that I've met you and your friends, I'm sure it will interest me to accompany you to the great city of Oz and introduce you to my friends. That will be very nice, said the boy gratefully. I hope your friends are not dignified, observed Scraps. Some are and some are not, he answered. But I never criticize my friends. If they are really true friends, they may be anything they like for all of me. "'There's some sense in that,' said Scraps, nodding her queer head in approval. "'Come on, let's get to the Emerald City as soon as possible.' With this she ran up the path, skipping and dancing, and then turned to await them. "'It is quite a distance from here to the Emerald City,' remarked the shaggy man. "'So we shall not get there today, nor tomorrow. "'Therefore let us take the jaunt in an easy manner.' I'm an old traveler, and have found that I never gain anything by being in a hurry. Take it easy is my motto. If you can't take it easy, take it as easy as you can. After walking some distance over the road of yellow bricks, Ojo said he was hungry and would stop to eat some bread and cheese. He offered a portion of the food to the shaggy man, who thanked him but refused it. "'When I start out on my travels,' said he, "'I carry along enough square meals to last me several weeks. 
think I'll indulge in one now, as long as we're stopped anyway. Saying this, he took a bottle from his pocket and shook from it a tablet about the size of one of Ojo's fingernails. That, announced the shaggy man, is a square meal in condensed form. Invention of the great Professor Wogglebug of the Royal College of Athletics. It contains soup, fish, roast meat, salad, apple dumplings, ice cream, and chocolate drops, all boiled down to this small size, so it can be conveniently carried and swallowed when you are hungry and need a square meal. I'm square, said the woozy. Give me one, please. So the shaggy man gave the woozy a tablet from his bottle, and the beast ate it in a twinkling. You have now had a six-course dinner, declared the shaggy man. Pshaw, said the woozy ungratefully. I want to taste something. There's no fun in that sort of eating. One should only eat to sustain life, replied the shaggy man, and that tablet is equal to a peck of other food. I don't care for it. I want something I can chew and taste, grumbled the woozy. You are quite wrong, my poor beast, said the shaggy man, in a tone of pity. Think how tired your jaws would get chewing a square meal like this, if it were not condensed to the size of a small tablet, which you can swallow in a jiffy. Chewy isn't tiresome, it's fun, maintained the woozy. I always chew the honeybees when I catch them. Give me some bread and cheese, Ojo. No, no. You've already eaten a big dinner, protested the shaggy man. Maybe, answered the woozy, but I guess I'll fool myself by munching some bread and cheese. I may not be hungry, having eaten all those things you gave me, but I consider this eating business a matter of taste, and I like to realize what's going into me. Ojo gave the beast what he wanted. But the shaggy man shook his shaggy head reproachfully, and said there was no animal so obstinate or hard to convince as a woozy. At that moment a patter of footsteps was heard, and, looking up, they saw the live phonograph standing before them. It seemed to have passed through many adventures since Ojo and his companions last saw the machine for the varnish of its wooden case was all marred and dented and scratched in a way that gave it an aged and disreputable appearance. "'Dear me!' exclaimed Ojo, staring hard. "'What has happened to you?' "'Nothing much,' replied the phonograph in a sad and depressed voice. "'I've had enough things thrown at me since I left you to stock a department store, and furnish half a dozen bargain counters. Are you so broken that you can't play? asked Scraps. No, I am still able to grind out delicious music. Just now I've a record on tap that is really superb, said the phonograph, growing more cheerful. That is too bad, remarked Ojo. We've no objection to you as a machine, you know. But as a music maker, we hate you. "'Then why was I ever invented?' demanded the machine in a tone of indignant protest. They looked at one another inquiringly, but no one could answer such a puzzling question. 
Finally, the shaggy man said, I'd like to hear the phonograph play. Ojo sighed. We've been very happy since we met you, sir, he said. I know, but a little misery at times makes one appreciate happiness more. Tell me, phony, what is this record like which you say you have on tap? It's a popular song, sir. In all civilized lands, the common people have gone wild over it. Makes civilized folks wild folks, eh? Then it's dangerous. Wild with joy, I mean, explained the phonograph. Listen, this song will prove a rare treat to you, I know. It made the author rich, for an author. It is called My Lulu. Then the phonograph began to play. A strain of odd, jerky sounds was followed by these words, sung by a man through his nose with great vigor of expression. I want my Lulu, my coal black Lulu. I want my Lulu, a Lulu, Lulu, Lulu. I want my Lulu, my coal black Lulu. There ain't nobody else loves Lulu, Lulu. Here, shut that off, cried the shaggy man, springing to his feet. What do you mean by such impertinence? It's the latest popular song, declared the phonograph, speaking in a sulky tone of voice. A popular song? Yes, one that the feeble-minded can remember the words of, and those ignorant of music can whistle or sing. That makes a popular song popular. And the time is coming when it will take the place of all other songs. That time won't come for us just yet, said the shaggy man sternly. I'm something of a singer myself, and I don't intend to be throttled by any Lulus like your cold black one. I shall take you all apart, Mr. Phony, and scatter your pieces far and wide over the country as a matter of kindness to the people you might meet if allowed to run around loose. Having performed this painful duty, I shall— But before he could say more, the phonograph turned and dashed up the road as fast as its four table legs could carry it, and soon it had entirely disappeared from their view. The shaggy man sat down again and seemed well pleased. "'Someone else will save me the trouble of scattering that phonograph,' said he, "'for it is not possible that such a music-maker can last long in the land of Oz. When you are rested, friends, let us go on our way.' During the afternoon the travelers found themselves in a lonely and uninhabited part of the country. Even the fields were no longer cultivated, and the country began to resemble a wilderness. The road of yellow bricks seemed to have been neglected, and became uneven and more difficult to walk upon. Scrubby underbrush grew on either side of the way, while huge rocks were scattered around in abundance. But this did not deter Ojo and his friends from trudging on, and they beguiled the journey with jokes and cheerful conversation. Toward evening they reached a crystal spring which gushed from a tall rock by the roadside, and near this spring stood a deserted cabin. Said the shaggy man, halting here, 
We may as well pass the night here where there is shelter for our heads and good water to drink. Road beyond here is pretty bad. Worst we shall have to travel, so let's wait until morning before we tackle it. They agreed to this, and Ojo found some brushwood in the cabin and made a fire on the hearth. The fire delighted Scraps, who danced before it until Ojo warned her she might set fire to herself and burn up. After that, the patchwork girl kept at a respectful distance from the darting flames, but the woozy lay down before the fire like a big dog and seemed to enjoy its warmth. For supper the shaggy man ate one of his tablets, but Ojo stuck to his bread and cheese as the most satisfying food. He also gave a portion to the woozy. When darkness came on they sat in a circle on the cabin floor facing the firelight, there being no furniture of any sort in the place. Ojo said to the shaggy man, "'Won't you tell us a story?' "'I'm not good at stories,' was the reply. "'But I sing like a bird.' "'Raven or crow?' asked the glass cat. "'Like a songbird. I'll prove it. I'll sing a song I composed myself. Don't tell anyone I'm a poet. They might want me to write a book. Don't tell them I can sing, or they'll want me to make records for that awful phonograph.' Haven't time to be a public benefactor, so I'll just sing you this little song for your own amusement. They were glad enough to be entertained, and listened with interest while the shaggy man chanted the following verses to a tune that was not unpleasant. I'll sing a song of Ozland, where wondrous creatures dwell, and fruits and flowers and shady bowers abound in every dell. Where magic is a science, and where no one shows surprise, If some amazing things take place before his very eyes. Our ruler's a bewitching girl, whom fairies love to please. She's always kept her magic scepter to enforce her decrees. To make her people happy, for her heart is kind and true, And to aid the needy and distressed is what she longs to do. And then there's Princess Dorothy, as sweet as any rose, A lass from Kansas, where they don't grow fairies, I suppose. And there's the brainy scarecrow, with a body stuffed with straw, Who utters words of wisdom rare that fill us all with awe. I'll not forget Nick Chopper, the woodman made of tin, Whose tender heart thinks killing time is quite a dreadful sin. Nor old Professor Wogglebug, who's highly magnified, And looks so big to everyone that he is filled with pride. Jack Pumpkinhead's a dear old chum, who might be called a chump, But one renowned by riding round upon a magic gump. The sawhorse is a splendid steed, and though he's made of wood, He does as many thrilling stunts as any meat horse could. And now I'll introduce the beast that everyone adores. The cowardly lion shakes with fear most every time he roars. And yet he does the bravest things that any lion might, because he knows that cowardice is not considered right. There's Tick-Tock. He's a clockwork man and quite a funny sight. He talks and walks mechanically when he's wound up tight. And we've got a hungry tiger, who would babies love to eat. 
but never does because we feed him other kinds of meat. It's hard to name all of the freaks this noble land's acquired. Twould make my song so very long that you would soon be tired. But give attention when I mention one wise yellow hen and nine fine tiny piglets living in a golden pen. Now search the whole world over, sail the seas from coast to coast. No other nation in creation queerer folks can boast. And now our rare museum will include a cat of glass, a woozy, and, last but not least, a crazy patchwork lass. Ojo was so pleased with this song that he applauded the singer by clapping his hands, and Scraps followed suit by clapping her padded fingers together, although they made no noise. The cat pounded on the floor with her glass paws, gently so as not to break them, and the woozy, which had been asleep, woke up to ask what the row was about. I seldom sing in public, for fear they might want me to start an opera company, remarked the shaggy man, who was pleased to know his effort was appreciated. Voice just now is a little out of training, rusty, perhaps. Tell me, said the patchwork girl earnestly, do all these queer people you mentioned really live in the land of Oz? Every one of them. I even forgot one thing, Dorothy's pink kitten. For goodness sake, exclaimed Bungle, sitting up and looking interested. A pink kitten? How absurd! Is it glass? No, just ordinary kitten. Then it can't amount to much. I have pink brains, and you can see em work. Dorothy's kitten is all pink brains and all, except blue eyes. Name's Eureka. Great favorite at the royal palace, said the shaggy man, yawning. The glass cat seemed annoyed. Do you think a pink kitten, common meat, is as pretty as I am? she asked. Can't say. Tastes differ, you know, replied the shaggy man, yawning again. But here's a pointer that may be of service to you. Make friends with Eureka, and you'll be solid at the palace. I'm solid now, solid glass. You don't understand, rejoined the shaggy man sleepily. Anyhow, make friends with the pink kitten, and you'll be all right. If the pink kitten despises you, look out for breakers. Would anyone at the royal palace break a glass cat? Might, you never can tell. Advise you to purr soft and look humble, if you can. And now I'm going to bed. Bungle considered the shaggy man's advice so carefully that her pink brains were busy long after the others of the party were fast asleep. End of chapter 11 Chapter 12 The Giant Porcupine Next morning they started out bright and early to follow the road of yellow bricks toward the Emerald City. The little munchkin boy was beginning to feel tired from the long walk, and he had a great many things to think of and consider besides the events of the journey. At the wonderful Emerald City, which he would presently reach, were so many strange and curious people 
that he was half afraid of meeting them and wondering if they would prove friendly and kind. Above all else, he could not drive from his mind the important errand on which he had come, and he was determined to devote every energy to finding the things that were necessary to prepare the magic recipe. He believed that until dear Unc Nucky was restored to life, he could feel no joy in anything, and often he wished that Unc could be with him to see all the astonishing things Ojo was seeing. But, alas, Unc Nucky was now a marble statue in the house of the crooked magician, and Ojo must not falter in his efforts to save him. The country through which they were passing was still rocky and deserted, with here and there a bush or a tree to break the dreary landscape. Ojo noticed one tree especially, because it had such long silky leaves and was so beautiful in shape. As he approached it, he studied the tree earnestly, wondering if any fruit grew on it or if it bore pretty flowers. Suddenly he became aware that he had been looking at that tree a long time, at least for five minutes, and it had remained in the same position, although the boy had continued to walk steadily on. So he stopped short, and when he stopped, the tree and all the landscape, as well as his companions, moved on before him and left him far behind. Ojo uttered such a cry of astonishment that it aroused the shaggy man who also halted. The others then stopped, too, and walked back to the boy. "'What's wrong?' asked the shaggy man. "'Why, we're not moving forward a bit, no matter how fast we walk,' declared Ojo. "'Now that we have stopped, we are moving backward. Can't you see? Just notice that rock.' Scraps looked down at her feet and said, "'The yellow bricks are not moving.' "'But the whole road is,' answered Ojo. "'True, quite true,' agreed the shaggy man. "'I know all about the tricks of this road, "'but I have been thinking of something else "'and didn't realize where we were.' "'It will carry us back to where we started from,' "'predicted Ojo, beginning to be nervous. "'No,' replied the shaggy man. "'It won't do that, for I know a trick to beat this tricky road. "'I've traveled this way before, you know. "'Turn around, all of you, and walk backward.' "'What good will that do?' asked the cat. "'You'll find out if you obey me,' said the shaggy man. So they all turned their backs to the direction in which they wished to go, and began walking backward. In an instant Ojo noticed they were gaining ground, and as they proceeded in this curious way, they soon passed the tree which had first attracted his attention to their difficulty. "'How long must we keep this up, Shags?' asked Scraps who was constantly tripping and tumbling down, only to get up again with a laugh at her mishap. "'Just a little way farther,' replied the shaggy man. A few minutes later he called to them to turn around quickly and step forward, and as they obeyed the order they found themselves treading solid ground. "'That task is well over,' observed the shaggy man. "'It's a little tiresome to walk backward.' But that is the only way to pass this part of the road, which has a trick of sliding back and carrying with it anyone who is walking upon it. With new courage and energy, 
they now trudged forward and after a time came to a place where the road cut through a low hill leaving high banks on either side of it they were traveling along this cut talking together when the shaggy man seized scraps with one arm and ojo with another and shouted stop what's wrong now asked the patchwork girl see there answered the shaggy man pointing with his finger Directly in the center of the road lay a motionless object that bristled all over with sharp quills, which resembled arrows. The body was as big as a ten-bushel basket, but the projecting quills made it appear to be four times bigger. "'Well, what of it?' asked Scraps. "'That is Chiss, who causes a lot of trouble along this road,' was the reply." Chiss? What is Chiss? I think it is merely an overgrown porcupine, but here in Oz they consider Chiss an evil spirit. He's different from a regular porcupine, because he can throw his quills in any direction which an American porcupine cannot do. That's what makes old Chiss so dangerous. If we get too near, he'll fire those quills at us and hurt us badly. Then we will be foolish to get too near, said Scraps. I'm not afraid, declared the Woozy. The Chiss is cowardly, I'm sure. And if it ever heard my awful, terrible, frightful growl, it would be scared stiff. Oh, can you growl? asked the Shaggy Man. "'That is the only ferocious thing about me,' asserted the Woozy with evident pride. "'My growl makes an earthquake blush, and the thunder ashamed of itself. "'If I growled at that creature you call Chiss, "'it would immediately think the world had cracked into "'and bumped against the sun and moon, "'and that would cause the monster to run as far and fast "'as its legs would carry it. "'In that case,' said the Shaggy Man, "'you are now able to do us a great favor. Please growl.' "'But you forget,' returned the Woozy. "'My tremendous growl would also frighten you, "'and if you happen to have heart disease, you might expire.' "'True, but we must take that risk,' declared the Shaggy Man bravely. Being warned of what is to occur, we must try to bear the terrific noise of your growl. But Chiss won't expect it, and it will scare him away. The Woozy hesitated. I'm fond of you all, and I hate to shock you, it said. Never mind, said Ojo. You may be made deaf. If so, we will forgive you. Very well, then, said the Woozy in a determined voice and advanced a few steps toward the giant porcupine. Pausing to look back, it asked, "'All ready?' "'All ready,' they answered. "'Then cover up your ears and brace yourselves firmly. Now then, look out!' The woozy turned toward Chiss, opened wide its mouth, and said, "'Queek!' "'Go ahead and growl,' said Scraps. "'Why, I, I did growl,' retorted the Woozy, who seemed much astonished. "'What? That little squeak?' she cried. 
It is the most awful growl that ever was heard, on land or sea, in caverns or in the sky, protested the woozy. I wonder you stood the shock so well. Didn't you feel the ground tremble? I suppose Chiss is quite dead with fright. The shaggy man laughed merrily. Poor Wooz, said he, your growl wouldn't scare a fly. The woozy seemed to be humiliated and surprised. It hung its head a moment, as if in shame or sorrow, but then it said with renewed confidence, Anyhow, my eyes can flash fire, and good fire too, good enough to set fire to a fence. That is true, declared Scraps. I saw it done myself. But your ferocious growl isn't as loud as the tick of a beetle, or one of Ojo's snores when he's fast asleep. Perhaps, said the woozy humbly, I have been mistaken about my growl. It has always sounded very fearful to me, but that may have been because it was so close to my ears. Never mind, Ojo said soothingly. It is a great talent to be able to flash fire from your eyes. No one else can do that. As they stood hesitating what to do, Chiss stirred, and suddenly a shower of quills came flying toward them, almost filling the air there were so many. Scraps realized in an instant that they had gone too near to Chiss for safety. So she sprang in front of Ojo and shielded him from the darts, which stuck their points into her own body until she resembled one of those targets they shoot arrows at in archery games. The shaggy man dropped flat on his face to avoid the shower, but one quill struck him in the leg and went far in. As for the glass cat, the quills rattled off her body without making even a scratch, and the skin of the woozy was so thick and tough that he was not hurt at all. When the attack was over, they all ran to the shaggy man, who was moaning and groaning, and Scraps promptly pulled the quill out of his leg. Then up he jumped and ran over to Chiz, putting his foot on the monster's neck and holding it prisoner. The body of the great porcupine was now as smooth as leather, except for the holes where the quills had been, for it had shot every single quill in that one wicked shower. "'Let me go!' it shouted angrily. "'How dare you put your foot on Chiz!' "'I'm going to do worse than that, old boy,' replied the shaggy man. "'You have annoyed travelers on this road long enough, and now I shall put an end to you.' "'You can't,' returned Chiz. "'Nothing can kill me, as you know perfectly well.' "'Perhaps that is true,' said the shaggy man, in a tone of disappointment. "'Seems to me I've been told before that you can't be killed. "'But if I let you go, what will you do?' "'Pick up my quills again,' said Chiz in a sulky voice. "'And then shoot them at more travelers? "'No, that won't do. "'You must promise me to stop throwing quills at people.' "'I won't promise anything of the sort,' declared Chiz. "'Why not?' "'Because it is my nature to throw quills.' and every animal must do what nature intends it to do. It isn't fair for you to blame me. If it were wrong for me to throw quills, then I wouldn't be made with quills to throw. 
the proper thing for you to do is to keep out of my way. Well, there's some sense in that argument, admitted the shaggy man thoughtfully. But people who are strangers and don't know you are here won't be able to keep out of your way. Tell you what, said Scraps, who was trying to pull the quills out of her own body. Let's gather up all the quills and take them away with us. Then old Chiz won't have any left to throw at people. Ah, that's a clever idea. You and Ojo must gather up the quills while I hold Chiz a prisoner, for if I let him go he will get some of his quills and be able to throw them again. So Scraps and Ojo picked up all the quills and tied them in a bundle so they might easily be carried. After this the shaggy man released Chiz and let him go, knowing that he was harmless to injure anyone. "'It's the meanest trick I ever heard of,' muttered the porcupine gloomily. "'How would you like it, shaggy man, if I took all your shags away from you?' "'If I threw my shags and hurt people, you would be welcome to capture them,' was the reply. Then they walked on and left Chiz standing in the road, sullen and disconsolate. The shaggy man limped as he walked, for his wound still hurt him and Scraps was much annoyed because the quills had left a number of small holes in her patches. When they came to a flat stone by the roadside, the shaggy man sat down to rest, and then Ojo opened his basket and took out the bundle of charms the crooked magician had given him. "'I am Ojo the Unlucky,' he said, "'or we would never have met that dreadful porcupine.' but I will see if I can find anything among these charms which will cure your leg. Soon he discovered that one of the charms was labeled Far Flesh Wounds, and this the boy separated from the others. It was only a bit of dried root, taken from some unknown shrub, but the boy rubbed it upon the wound made by the quill, and in a few moments the place was healed entirely, and the shaggy man's leg was as good as ever. "'Rub it on the holes in my patches,' suggested Scraps, and Ojo tried it, but without any effect. "'The charm you need is a needle and thread,' said the shaggy man. "'But do not worry, my dear. Those holes do not look badly at all.' "'They'll let in the air, and I don't want people to think I'm airy, or that I'm stuck up,' said the patchwork girl." "'You were certainly stuck up until we pulled out those quills,' observed Ojo with a laugh. So now they went on again, and coming presently to a pond of muddy water, they tied a heavy stone to the bundle of quills and sunk it to the bottom of the pond to avoid carrying it farther. End of Chapter 12 Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to these extra episodes of The Patchwork Girl of Oz. I'm your host, D.B. Spitzer, and if you want to help this show and make sure that it is here in the future, you can always go to pgttcm.com and learn how to be a patron, not through Patreon, but through podbean.com. And it helps the show, and if you're interested, I have things like coloring books, and, uh, which I'm updating stuff for an RPG that I'm working on, that I'm updating as I'm working on it. 
And I haven't any plans for any extra episodes yet. And if, uh, you know, that's not enough interaction for you, how about something that you can wear? Go to pgttcm.com, hit that shop button. You'll find shirts for this show. You'll find shirts for Dave's show. There's probably some Articulate Warbling shirts in there. Anyway, everything that you find on pgttcm.com, you'll find there. And of course, hey, bunnyslippers.com. Check out their Highland Cow Slippers. They're pretty cool. I like them. They keep my feet warm. And they dust the floor as I walk around, which actually, no, I sweep, so that's not even a thing. Anyway, hey, let me know that you listen to the show. I want to I wanna know if you're actually out there. I, I, I get numbers, but I don't know if it's just bots these days. So thank you so much for listening, and stay safe, stay clean, stay out of other people's moist throat zone moist vapor zone moist whatever it is just you know that's bad news and uh i i can't think of anything else but you know hey stay safe if if you're working and listening to this hey i'm i'm right there with you i I, i've got a job packaging food and shipping it out and yeah i know we have uh folks shipping our stuff through amazon constantly and ups and all the people out there are doing hard work you know what? And uh, just a shout out to the folks at Panco. Uh, look up uh, mushroomjerky.com. That's 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 something out there. It's it's super shelf stable. You can do things like take like a quart of milk, throw some in there, microwave it for about three minutes. You got yourself some mushroom soup. Anyway, that's just a tip from me. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, thank you. Uh, pan mushroom for employing me and also creating a product that's like really good uh tasty and wonderful uh during this time of need when people need something other than just i don't know potato chips or something it's a plant-based protein and it's jerky and you know what hey everyone you know what stay safe stay awesome and uh Oh, man, I just don't want to get off the microphone because that means that it's 